Yo, what's up everybody? This is Alternate Take and I am your host. Welcome back. On this episode, we got to step back into the ring. That's right. And uh, it's always a damn pleasure for me when I get to do this. We got to speak to legendary boxing trainer, Robert Garcia. Robert Garcia is one of the most successful boxing trainers of the last 20 years, 100%. And he has his own boxing academy called the Robert Garcia Boxing Academy. And the fighters that he's been able to train, it's just it's just ridiculous, man. Um, there's very few people that are respected in the sport as much as the Garcia family as a, as a whole. Uh, Robert Garcia's brother is Mikey Garcia, who is the four-division world champion and one of the most pound-for-pound best fighters of the last 20 years. So being able to interview him and talk about all those fighters, his pound-for-pound list. Uh, we went over predictions for future fights, which, by the way, we did this interview before the Teofimo Lopez and George Cambosos fight, and we were both wrong about that. That was an upset. So that was congratulations to George Cambosos. But, yeah, man, we got to talk about a bunch of things, and it was a huge honor for me, dude. So without further ado, I bring to you the legendary boxing trainer, Robert Garcia. How you doing, sir? Doing good. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. You know, I know you're a busy schedule and all that stuff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, uh, I want to start from the beginning, sir. I, you know, I know, like, uh, obviously, you're a legendary boxing trainer, and you got RGBA, and uh, you know, renowned all across the world. But I wanted to talk about, you know, your life before we get to that. I want to talk about, like, your, you know, where you were born, where you were raised, and how boxing came into your life, sir. So, if you don't mind starting from the beginning. Correct. No, no problem. Uh, you know what? Um, I was born in, in San Pedro, California. My uh, my mom was actually pregnant with me in Mexico, but uh, came to California so I could be born in the United States. I'm the first one in the family to to be born in the uh, in the United States. So it's just me and Mikey. Uh, my the rest of my sisters and older brother are all born in Mexico. But yeah, I, my my parents came to the United States when my mom was pregnant so I could be born here. And uh, once I was born here, I think I was like two years old when they moved to Oxnard. So Oxnard is, is where I was raised. Wow. Okay. And and when you were there in Oxnard, when did you uh, first start getting affiliated with boxing? Well, I think my dad always, always had his, in his mind, you know, to train me and my older brother and sisters, because, you know, I, I, I remember having my first, uh, amateur fight uh we have uh pictures and my trophy uh in in 1980 which is when i was five years old this was just, yeah i was five i was five years old uh, back then uh, they still didn't have the uh the the licensing books that they have now in the amateurs usa boxing uh made made uh, a rule where kids could have well have to be eight to be able to uh to to have their first uh, amateur fight but back then, I remember the only person I remember also participating at around that time was uh, Sugar Shane Mosley, because I, I remember Shane, Shane Mosley. And, uh, you know, I was five years old when I had my first amateur fight. So I have very little memory. The only thing that we, I have is my trophy and uh, pictures of my, my first amateur fight. But, yeah, my, my dad always, always trained us, my sisters, uh, my brother and uh, and all the all the kids in the neighborhood, you know, all the kids after school, they would come into my dad's house and uh, and right there in, in our, our our little patio, he would train all of us. 
Wow. That's awesome too. I always love seeing uh, you and your, and your dad and your, and your son do interviews together. It's like the coolest little thing to see the generation all come together and, and talk about how boxing has impacted your life and whatnot. Um, So did you ever have any, like you mentioned Shane Mosey, did you ever have any sparring sessions with him back then? That'd be pretty funny. You know what? Uh, We, we did, we didn't really do much sparring because he was at that time. He was much, he was, you know, he's a few years older than me. I would say like five, five years older than me, somewhere around there. So he was always bigger. Uh, through the amateurs, we had a lot of, uh, we, we did participate in some USA versus other countries, uh, some tournaments, and we always trained uh, together in the Olympic Training Center, but we never sparred because he was always the heavier guy. I was fighting at 119 or 125, and he was always fighting one, 139, you know, in the 140 area. So they never never made us spar. You know, the, the, the person that I did spar a lot during the amateurs, was uh was Oscar de la Hoya. You know, I did spar with him because he was a 132 pounder, which wasn't a, a, a big difference. So we sparred together uh, when when the amateurs and in the pros also when we were uh both professional professional fighters. But uh, the other one that I remember I had a lot of sparring with and and that's the reason I turned pro at 17 was uh um you know our good friend Gennaro Hernandez rest in peace Gennaro Hernandez he uh you know, him and his brother and his dad, you know, they, they liked my, my way of sparring. So they took me to France when he became champion of the world, uh, uh, in France for the first time, I was 16, if I'm not mistaken. And I was his sparring partner after that, uh, his first title defense was, was in Japan. And, uh, and I had already turned 17 by then. So they told me that I could turn pro at 17. So we prepared ourselves, uh, traveled to Japan and turn pro, um at 17 in japan wow that's amazing you know rudy's a, a good friend of ours of the podcast i think we've had him on like four times and uh known him for a long time super super good guy and uh, i think i'm having breakfast with him actually uh soon here he's gonna be the cut man for the ufc fight so we'll, we'll be having breakfast I, I still i still owe him uh a steak dinner you know we we've talked about this so much so many times you why know, I, I owe him a steak dinner but now nah, rudy rudy has always been very 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 honest and, 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 and a really good friend with us, the whole family. My son loves talking to Rudy because Rudy has a lot of knowledge and, uh, and, you know, he, he says it straight out the way it is, you know, he's not gonna, he's gonna try, he's not gonna try to bullshit you or anything. So that's why my son loves talking to him because he's going to get straight out the reality, how it really is. If it's about a fighter, if it's what politics and boxing, business and boxing, whatever it is, Rudy's going to be real with you. And, and he, uh, He's going to say it how it is, you know, so my, my son loves, loves having conversations with him. Oh, yeah. Our, our last podcast we had with him, I think we spent like the first 10 minutes talking about kids with pussy syndrome. That's what he calls yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, a, a lot of that in the gym, man. <laughs> but that's why I asked um, who you sparred with, because I remember uh, I always think that's the coolest thing, like who people have sparred with before, because a lot of people don't know that, like their background. And like, I remember Rudy mentioning he sparred with Alexis Aguero. So like you mentioned you sparred with De La Hoya. And I, that's always really cool. Um. When you became a professional, uh, what was that journey like? You know, did you know long term that this that you're going to be a trainer all along, or that was that not in your mindset yet? It was never in my mind. Uh, I turned pro young, you know, and, and I traveled to Japan with with Rudy Gennaro and, and the whole team. You know, uh, my dad or nobody in my in my family was there. But uh, for me, it was it was more of a. It wasn't really like 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 the professional like I was I wasn't really prepared for it or it wasn't really in my mind that I was really going to be a professional fighter I, I just 
enjoyed the the time I spent with Rudy and Gennaro Hernandez. You know the way Gennaro trained, how the you know the long runs we had together, and all that. You know, for me that was just a, a, a an experience that I, I I'm never gonna I'm never gonna forget. And 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 fighting and his undercard turning pro uh, was was awesome for me. You know, but it wasn't really like 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 you really like you're you're already a professional athlete. I, I was never, that was never really like, like uh, what I was actually looking for, you know, then obviously, you know, things started getting better and better and I became champion. But when I retired from boxing, I never, I never thought that I would be a trainer. I, I wanted to, I just wanted to stay out of boxing. I was tired of the sport. Uh, I could probably say sick of the sport, all the politics and, and, you know, there, there's just so much, so much things that, that could, make you hate the sport uh, that uh, I thought I was going to be done forever, you know, never step back into a, into a boxing gym. But my, at that time, when I retired, my dad was running the, uh, the famous La Colonia boxing club in Oxnard. And, uh, and he had a lot of kids, you know, representing the gym. So he, he invited me to come over. Uh, and, and I did, you know, once, once, once I got there, uh, I took his position. He, you know, this this is a, a city gym, you know, where my dad was running the program through the city, and uh, he put me in that in that spot. I started I I started running the gym uh, with the amateurs, and little by little, you know, he told me, "Well, get a couple of professional fighters if you want." So I picked two of my my best friends. You know, they're still my best friends. You know, uh, Arturo Barraza, Gonzo, and Felipe Campa, and uh, told me, "Look." try it and see how you like it so i started i started uh going with 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 them to the fights and training them and and i kind of fell in love with the traveling that's the main thing that caught my attention you know even though i had already been to japan and france and you know just so many places in in, in the united states and in the world but i had never really enjoyed traveling because when you're a boxer you're 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 in a diet you're making weight uh, you don't get to do much after the fights. You have your flight first thing in the morning to go back home. So, so you don't really get to enjoy all those those places you travel. But as a coach, I don't have to be in a diet. I don't have to go to bed early. I could stay up. I could I could go visit. I could you know whatever I want. So I, I kind of fell in love with the traveling, and uh, and that's what got me started. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, it's funny. You're not you're not the only person who. Uh... Who, have, who we've interviewed, who's mentioned how much uh, of an impact Chicanito had on them. We, I know just from um, watching interviews on that, I remember Mayweather was saying the same thing, that he was like, you'd have posters of him on his wall and just using that as an example to like, as your professional career and as your, and now as your coaching career, which is phenomenal. And I've also heard the same thing with, um, we've had a lot of athletes on here and pro athletes, and they mentioned the same thing about traveling, you know, because when you're, when you're traveling or comedians, we've had the same thing where they're going you know, like to, you know, wherever they're going to go, Milwaukee, and I have a gig and I, and I got to perform and I got to do my thing. And they're not there to like mess around. They go to the hotel, they go to sleep and that's it. And then they go back the same place a year later, but now it's vacation. Totally different. No, it's true. That, that's what, that's what caught my attention, you know, and, and, and I loved it, you know, and, 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 and now, even though I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I do a lot of traveling, but you know, now, you know, I, I, I learned from different places that I've been to, you know, to maybe one day, take the family, the kids, uh, the wife, stuff like that. And, and, and I like doing that, you know, that, that, that's what really caught my attention. And, and, and I fell in love with it. And obviously now the sport also, you know, it, it's been great to us, to the whole family. It's given us great fighters, great fights. Uh, so it's, it's obviously the business 
for 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 our family it's our business but uh but at the same time you know we 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 enjoy it you know we 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 take advantage of those moments where we could travel and and enjoy cities that we go to or countries or or whatever it is you know or or I learn from a country or a, or a city, and then I come back and I and I say, you know what? I'm gonna take my wife and my kids because they need to see this place. So uh, you know, I, I just loved it, I, and and I continue to love it now, and uh, and hopefully we could continue to do this for another 20, 30 more years. Yes, sir. And uh, speaking of the fighters that you've been involved with, I pulled up a list here. We have, I mean, first of all, we start off with your brother. I mean, who's been a champion in four different divisions. You know, Mikey Garcia, legend in the sport. But we have. Nonito Denaire, we have Michaels Maidana, we have Antonio Margarito, Abner Mares, Victor Ortiz, Cali Pavlik, Brandon Rios, Fernando Vargas. I mean, these are all guys that you've been involved with who mentioned your name consistently throughout interviews. What has it been like, you know, training with these fighters and then how much how much that means to you for them to contribute most of their success to you? You know what, with with uh, with all these fighters that you mentioned, uh, with only one exception, but all of them. All of them have been great people. Uh, you know, they've been loyal friends. Uh, even, even, even after maybe we might end up splitting up. You know, they go train with somebody else. We're still friends. Become, you know, we become more like family. You know, Kelly Pavlik. You know, this weekend uh, in 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 Vegas, he's texting me. Where are you at, coach? What are you doing? You know, we didn't get to see each other because because of the fights. I'm in the fights. After the fights, I'm tired, so I want to go shower up. And so we didn't get to see it, but we are. You know, he's always, coach. Are you in Vegas? You know, you know, you know what I mean. Stuff like that. Nonito Donner. Uh, you know, every time I see him, you know, we're like family, even though we're not training together anymore. But you know, we're still like family. His wife. There are there are very very friendly to us. You know, uh, Brandon Rios became part of my family you know he's retired i talk to him at least three four times a week you know it's just the way the the relationship i get with all my fighters i think it's it's unbelievable you know antonio margarito hasn't been fighting in, in a few years and i i still talk to him once in a while you know so that, that's just the, the relationship i get with my fighters and i i enjoy it because not they only then then they're not just my fighters they become part of my my family you know good friends, family, you know, I go back to some of my, you know, my, my, the first two world champions that I, that I did, which was uh, Brian Villoria and, um, and Stevie Luevano. Those guys, you know, I still, I, I still say, you know, I love those guys because they, they were my first two world champions and, and they, they started, they started me into the, into, into the training business where I started getting recognition from, from bringing Brian Villoria for where, from where he was already a former world champion and nobody thought much about him. You know, we came, he came back to me and we were fighting at the Alameda Swami and, and to, to then become a world champion, uh, you know, that's, those are great feelings. And, 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 uh, and it's things that I'm always going to remember, you know, so those, you know, they're still my fighters, even though they, uh, you know, they haven't fought in, in years and years. I said, you know, they're my first two world champions and, and that's what I'm always, I'm always going to be proud of them. You know, and it's it's funny. Um, the first time I actually noticed you was with Brandon Rios, um, with the epic, you know, like twenty four seven or Showtime, you know, documentaries are coming out of the time. Those were just the funniest, the funniest thing you could ever watch. I loved it. You know, Brandon Rios is still a character. He's hilarious, and who didn't love watching him fight? I mean, his balls to the wall. It was, it was fucking awesome. Exactly. You know, he, he's a great kid, great person, and uh, and you know, he was a he was a warrior. He was a warrior in the ring. Always gave us great fights. Yeah, exactly. And then and then you mentioned like, you know, like 
I saw a couple of interviews that you had recently too, where you mentioned like, you know, as part of the business, people come, people go, um, obviously, you know, you guys have been, you and uh, your son, Pita have been very upfront with like with virtual tees and everything. And, um, and I, I, I loved your interviews. I loved everything you said. I loved that. Uh, you, you came off very professional and you're just like, Hey, you know, sometimes people go different. Then it doesn't change anything, you know, wish them luck. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, there's not much I need you to say on it. I just wanted you to say, like, I wanted to tell you that I really respected the way you did those interviews, sir. Right now, look, uh, I'm telling you, and I've said it, I've said it, man, I'll say it to anybody. Uh, Virgil Jr. is a great kid, you know, fuck, he's special. That kid is special. And that kid could right now be Walter Wood champion of the world. You know, it's just so many politics in boxing that, you know, the promoters don't work with each other. The sanctioning bodies prefer working with, with certain promoters that sometimes they, uh, they don't get, we don't get to see those type of fights, but I think, I think Virgil is, is, is on his way to being probably the best Walter Wood out there. I think he, he's got a good chance of beating anybody out there. You know, that I think, uh, if, if, if they, they do go the direction that they've said, you know, from what I've heard, you know, that they might go with Eddie Reynoso. I think, you know, I can't blame them, blame them either. You know, the, the kid is, is, is super talented and Eddie Reynoso is, is on top of the world right now with, with, with Canelo and all, and, and all the talent that he's got. So Virgil will learn a lot from Canelo. He will, he will more likely spar with him, uh, so that, that that's gonna make a big difference, you know. I think I think uh, the the all the attention, the the Mexican media that that he's gonna get because that's one thing that his dad always told me that he wanted to do, like take him to Mexico. Let's let's set up an interview, uh, a press conference in 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 Mexico City in Michoacan because that's where his uh, ancestors, you know, grandparents are from. So I always wanted to do that, you know. So. I know with Eddie Reynoso, he will get that. You know, Eddie Reynoso is Mexican, getting all the Mexican media behind him, and 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 I think Virgil will get all that. So I don't I don't blame them either. You know, that they they're looking out for themselves. They're 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 uh, they're doing what's best for them. And I think uh, picking choosing to go with Eddie is is probably is probably the, the best option out there. Again, sir, it just adds to your classiness. Like I said, I mean, I in my opinion, there's very few places, if not any, that are better than RGBA. And, um, you know, for you to say what you said, it just, you know, proves why everyone likes you, you know. And um, speaking of all the fires you still have there, too, I mean, we got Jose Ramirez, we got Jesse Bam Rodriguez, Joshua Franco, um, Muda Tai and Falcao just fought this past weekend. Tell me about your fighters that you have now and, and what's still going on there at RGBA. Well, you know what? We always, one thing that, that uh, you know, I talk with my son and my dad, you know, because my dad's still part of the gym. He, he comes to the gym every day. And uh, one thing we talk is, is you know, We've had many fighters come and go, and and just like Virgil Ortiz left us right now, uh, you know, we 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 say the same thing. You know, when when Jose Ramirez came to me, Jose Ramirez had just won his title, his WBC, he had just become world champion, and decided to come with me as a world champion. So that's why you know why why am I going to to be negative or against? Uh, Virgil or, or, or Eddie Reynoso, when I've had the same situation with fighters coming to me, Jose came to me as a world champion. Now he's part of the family. He, you know, he loves working out with us. You know, uh, already, you know, he's, he's, he's getting ready for his next fight, February 5th. And uh, both him and Mikey are, are coming back 
uh, after they they both lost. So I'm gonna I'm actually we already made the plan and they both agreed that we're we're gonna train them together. They're gonna spar together. They're gonna motivate each other because you know they both want to come back strong and 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 we're planning on maybe hope hopefully both of them fighting around the same time. So him and Mikey are gonna train together. You know they're. Uh, they're, you know, they already get along very well. They, they have a, a lot of similarity when it comes to cars and stuff like that, guns. So so they, they, they become good friends. So I'm going to train them together. We're going to push them together. They're going to push each other. And I think that's going to be something that benefits both of them. But, you know, going back to you, you mentioned Bam and John, you know, that, that you know, Brandon Rios, who I, I, I got him since, since his pro debut. Bam Rodriguez, uh, Joshua Franco, and and many other fighters that I've that I've trained from from amateurs to pros. I think those are the best feelings, man. That, that's that's the best feeling, you know. It's it's uh, you know you you get to fall in love with with somebody like like Margarito or Maidana who who have already been you know great at what they do, and then they come to you. Well, yeah, great, big names, big big fights, uh, big paydays, but there's nothing like 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 the feeling of training a kid pro and and making him a world champion. That, that that's the best feeling out there. You know, it's it's funny you mention that because a lot of executives across sports mention that they talk about like how how much it's it hits different when like for example like the Dodgers when they draft someone out of high school and then he stays with their system the whole time and then he gets to the major leagues and he turns into something and then not only that they get to re-sign him and keep him and he becomes a fan favorite and all star. It just hit, it feels different for everyone involved. It's a it's what happened with Kobe and the Lakers, with Jeter and the Yankees. You know, it's it's a better feeling for everyone, for the people that, for him, for the fighter, for in this situation, and for the trainer. You know, they it's just like a better feeling overall for everybody. It is, man. You know, I'm telling you, you know, the kid, bringing a kid from the amateurs to the pros, and and sometimes even uh, struggling a little early in the career. Maybe sometimes, and uh, in, in, in Franco's case, uh, the weight division. Very, very few promoters are interested in in flyweights. So, so you know, having to push for all that, and 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 then eventually becoming world champion. Younger brother, same thing. Uh, having a hard time getting a promoter to to uh, to get your attention because he's a one hundred eight pounder. But you know, uh, it's difficult. You know, I, you know, with 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 uh, with Jesse, I'm 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 lucky enough that I have a really good relationship with Mr. Honda who took him over and and look the kid is already ranked number one in the world again you know ready to fight for the world title hopefully in his next fight we're working on it and I know Mr. Mr. Honda is doing the same thing Matchroom is doing you know and 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 after this after his last performance we're getting we're getting interested from different promoters that are now calling me what do you want to do with this kid well man Mr. Honda's been there you know since day one you guys never really I reached out to most of them but nobody really cared but now after his last performance, everybody's calling me. Everybody wants to be part of it. But, you know, that's just what it's been. But, but that's, that's what I mean. You know, those, are, those are the hard struggles that, that, that you go with with a young fighter turning pro. You know, very different than getting a world champion who, already, who is already making a couple million dollars in their purses. So, you know, it's, that's, that's a lot easier than, than going through the struggles that, that we go through when, you know, when kids uh, are young and, and you're turning them pro, nobody really cares. But then when you show them, you know, just last Saturday, Raymond Murataya, you don't know how many calls I've got from, from different people, different managers, different promoters. Uh, is this kid signed to top rank? Do you have a manager? Do you, you know, because he just looked really good and, and I'm getting calls, you know, that, that's, you know, but 
you know, he's he's the one that came to me early in his career when he was when he was getting started, and 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 the dad is happy with the way we're working. So you know, you know, nobody was there when 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 he was nobody, you know. But now I'm getting calls, and I'm I'm getting a lot of calls about the kids. His performance was great. I love it. I love it. And all these all these fires are mentioned too. It's it's not just uh, it's no secret. They they go around bragging about RGBA. They talk about how much it's it's added to their growth. What would you say is um in your words uh separates you guys from other from other boxing gyms? I mean, there's there's amazing boxing gyms all around the world, but um, what is the legacy behind RGBA? Well, I think with 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 RGBA, what what my dad taught me and and what I I learned from him is is to to treat everybody like family. You know what? Uh, they everybody. I'm telling you, everybody that comes to my gym, even if they're not part of my gym anymore, like I was mentioning you, uh, Kelly Pavlik, uh, uh, Brandon Rios, they they they're still family. Uh, Abner Modest, I talk to Abner all the time, and how you doing, coach? You know, still respects me, still calls me coach, even though you know he's not fighting anymore. And if, and if he decides to come back, I know he's gonna train in LA with somebody else. But you know, we're still family. I think that's the main thing. You know, we don't we don't we don't we don't teach our fighters or we don't show our fighters that we're that we bring them in for business you know we bring them in because we want them to be part of the family and i choose who who comes in you know somebody like jose ramirez who came in uh uh already as a world champion when we we made him feel like he's part of the family he you know and and he already is you know he loves us the way we love him uh and and everybody else you know they they come in and and if there's fighters that i know are not gonna do well or or be be part of the family then then we'll rather tell them you know to choose to go somewhere else because i want everybody to feel comfortable and leave, when they leave my gym or when their careers are over i want them to know that that we were family and and, and they could say it to the whole world that you know they that's the way they felt yeah that's beautiful i think i think that's exactly that's what i pictured in my head is the difference between you guys and that, that's what i've gotten from the interviews from the fighters and it's great to hear from the source. It's, it's very true. Speaking of, I can't wait to, I wish those videos would be online of uh, Jose and uh, Mikey sparring. Those, those got to be insane, you know, but it's better that they're kept private. But those are, uh, those are going to be some good sparring sessions for damn sure. I know that whole division is just, it's just fascinating, you know, with Josh Taylor going up now. Um, we've had uh, Arnold Barboza on the podcast. He's a hell of a fighter. I mean, he's, he's a threat in that division. Like, it's scary. You know, that division is going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. We also have all those lightweights that will move up in weight. You know, Teofimo Lopez, uh, Devin Haney, Ryan, they're all going to move up to 140. Tank is already fought at 140, became champion at 140 against the Barrios. So, you know, that division is is, is hot. And that's why we, we, were, we finally were able to convince Mikey that, you know, 147 is not where, where, he, where he needs to be, you know. And, and we finally, he agrees and, and now he's gonna he's gonna train to to campaign at one forty, and I think that's where all those all those big fights are out there, man. You know, both Mikey and Jose are gonna be fighting in the same weight class, but there's so many fights, so many fighters out there that they 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 never have to fight each other. Yeah, speaking of which, um, do you have any predictions for these fights? Because like you said, there's Teofimo's fighting Combosos, we got uh, JoJo fighting Haney, we got Tank fighting Cruz. Like, what what do you think as a or Lomachenko fighting Kami? Um, there's a lot of these fights that are epic fighters that are fighting this vision. What do you, what do you, what's your take on those fights? Well, I think, you know, I think most of, most of those fights, I could pretty much, pretty easily pick the, pick the, the winner. The only one 
that that I know is going to be a little bit closer and 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 a little difficult to pick is Haney versus versus Jojo. I think that one is a pretty close fight. I I know Jojo personally, uh, so I definitely want him to win. He's from Southern California and he's a good friend of mine, uh, Ben Lira, his dad, you know, his trainer. They're really good people to us. So I'm going to be cheering for Jojo Diaz, but it's not an easy fight. I think. Uh, Tofimo, I think he beats uh, Gambozo with no with no problems. I think uh, Kome loses to to Loma. I think Loma stops Kome. So you know what uh, the uh, the one that uh, that I know is going to be difficult uh, to call, and they could go either way uh, is is the Jojo Diaz versus uh, versus Haney. I think that's that's a really good fight. It's probably the the, the better one of, of all all four because I think Tank also uh, beats uh, uh, Cruz. Pitbull is tough. He's he's very tough, and he's gonna come to do whatever whatever it takes. But I just think uh, I think Tank is just above his level, and and he will he will have a few good rounds, but he will stop him. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more with all those statements, you know. And then there's there's Ryan Garcia too. I, mean, I don't know what he's doing now, but um, I know he's obviously gonna come back and do his thing. So I mean, it's a it's gonna be a crazy division. I'm I'm excited for that to be going out because I think that is the most exciting division. Um, in boxing, I really do because it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It is if we could get the fights, you know, to happen. You know, Ryan Garcia, Tank, uh, Devin Haney, Loma. You know, uh, Teofimo. Those are all fights that that uh, that I wish we could see. But there's also that possibility that we might never even see those fights. I'm glad Giorgio Diaz and and Devin Haney are happening, but the rest. Uh, it's going to be difficult because the promotions, you know, the, the management, the TV neighbors, they are, they're all separate and they don't work with each other uh, unless they, they're, they're both, they both know they're going to make tons of money. Then they're, they're able to put something together. Like we just seen last weekend with, with, uh, with Crawford and, and, uh, and uh, what's his name? Man, I, I, wanna, I was, I, I had in mind, uh, what my dad calls him, and you know, my dad doesn't know his name. He doesn't know how to pronounce them, so he calls him El Burrito, you know, because you know he, he reminds him of, of, of the uh, from the movie Shrek or something. So he always says that. <laughs> so that's what I was gonna say. But yeah, Sean Porter, you know, great fight, and we were able to get those type of fights because Sean uh, Sean Porter they 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 chose to 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 go after it, uh, and uh, Top Rank was willing to do it with. Uh, with Crawford, so I'm glad we got to see that fight. But it's hard to see those type of fights when when promoters don't work with each other. And uh, it's just you know I just hope the lightweight division would do something like that where where we're able to see those fights because I want to see Ryan against those guys. I want to see Tank you know fighting everybody. You know I it, you know I I think it, it's a great division with so much talent. Yeah, you know I think that's the one thing that like current fight fans um, get frustrated with with boxing is. And that's why they always draw more to, to like UFC or MMA or Bellator because those big fights that you want to happen, they happen all the time. Dana White has no, he's like, you either fight this guy or you're gone. We're going to put the best against the best and that's it. And um, they had the same problem with, with uh, all of middleweight and super middleweight. You know, you got uh, Beater Beave and David Benavidez and Zerto Ramirez. You have Charlo, you have Dimitri Baval, you have uh, Demetrius Andrade, Triple G still there. And then none of them have really fought each other really and then none of them have even fought canelo and it's the same problem everyone has like what what do we do with this issue and how do we even you know how do we fix it yeah that's what that's what sucks about the sport you know but it's still a great sport and and we're able to get some of those fights here and there once in a while but uh 
But uh, but yeah, it, it does suck because you know if, if it was like like uh, like Dana White does, those guys would then maybe would be boxing would be so big. You know, if we had all those fights happening or back in the eighties when Don King used to do those big pay per view cards where you know man all four all four TV fights were championship fights and you still had two more on the undercard that were not even televised that were fighting for the world title. I remember those days, you know, going to a early show at, at four or 5 PM before even TV started. And you were already seeing a world champion defending his title. You know, we don't see that anymore. You know, right now it's, it's totally different. It turned into just business and uh, yeah, as the fighters are making a lot more money now and, 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 and uh, they're, they're securing their, their their futures, their family, but but yeah, it sucks that we don't get to see those type of fights anymore. Yeah, and we've spoken about this with Rudy too, and Rudy would say the same thing. He would say that like, yeah, it sucks, but like, I would tell any fighter if they're my brother, if they're anybody, like, make your money. I got who cares about anything else? Like, you're not the fans don't care about you when when you leave. So, uh, you know, essentially, fuck them. You know, like it's not that you want to be an asshole or anything, but it's more that like, hey man, this is my career, this is my life. I want to escape with my brain, and I want to make a lot of money. So I can't blame them either for for putting so much emphasis on the record and not willing to like fight someone who could beat them. Uh, you know, as a fight fan, that's all I want. But as a, but as a businessman, I can totally see their perspective and I, you can't get upset about it. Of course, there's nothing we could do about it. And, and, and they're, you know, they're being smart. They're securing their futures, their family, and, and they're doing the right thing. Cause at the end, it's only going to be them. You know, the fans are not going to care about them anymore. It's just the way boxing is. Yes, sir. Speaking of that, who do you think are your, um, your pound for pound list right now, because, you know, it's, it's so varied out there. I think if you went on a, like in a very nationalized sports market, like an ESPN, it's brutal. I can't even look at their rankings. Cause I can't, I can't take Stephen A. Smith rank serious ranking somebody for boxing. It's like ridiculous, but someone who's an expert like yourself, who do you have in that top five that you're just consistently like looking at as pound for pound? Well, I think with, without a doubt, Canelo's got to be number one for what, you know, what he's accomplished and, and being so smart in the business He's, 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 you know, we just talked about, you know, about the business side and the fights that we would like to see, but he's a businessman and he's, he's making tons of money. He's, he's, he's huge in boxing. He's making history, even though, yes, we could probably say, yes, he's moving up to Cruiserweight against maybe the, the, the easiest guy out there, or, but he's doing it. He's going, he's gaining 22 pounds to challenge himself, which is, we also have to admire and respect his decision, you know. Uh, I think Canelo should be number one right now. Uh, I think Crawford definitely number two. Uh, then from there, you know, we, we got guys like Usyk who became champion, uh, super weight, super heavyweight champion. I also want to put him up there. I still pick, I still have Lomachenko up there because I love his style. I love the way Lomachenko fights. Uh, he's he's great with his footwork, his combinations, his angles. I, I just enjoy I enjoy watching him fight. So I still I still pick Lomachenko up there and maybe. Um, Errol Spence, if if he's still if he's still healthy, and after that accident and after that 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 eye uh, injury he had, hopefully he comes back strong. I think he's still up there with 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 uh, with the top five. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that fight is would be insane for Spence and Crawford to get together. I think I think Spence is so big for his division. I mean, like I I know there's rumors of him going up to 54 and all that, but if he can fight 47 with Crawford, I mean, he's a big dude, and that'd be that'd be insane. You know, there's, there's a nail in a way there's all kinds of fighters. Like you said, I, I, I would love to see Lomachenko to female again. You know, I, I know there is like Lomachenko was hurt apparently. Um, 
which I was assuming he was because I didn't, he didn't throw punches like really the whole fight. So I was like, and that's strange. It's not what you see him doing. That could be attributed to Teofimo just being, being dominant, having a great fight, or it could be maybe he was hesitant for an injury he had. So I didn't know it to the end. And then he found out he had surgery and whatnot. So, you know, you're right. There's, there's so many boxers that people don't know, like, like the mainstream people don't know, like at hardcore boxing fans know and can't wait for their next fights. But like I said, that's the hard part to market that, you know, like where UFC, it's so easy. Like you're going to watch, you know, like a Kelvin Gaston fight every time. And he's not even top five in his division, but you're always going to watch him fight because they know how to market. Correct. That, that's just the way boxing is, you know, where another so many big fights, you know, mentioned Lomachenko and, 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 uh, Teofimo, I think if, if they were to do the rematch, I think Lomachenko wins. You know, I think the first fight from from all the rounds that Lomach- that uh, Lomachenko lost, the first six or seven rounds, uh, he still yeah, there were you know there were rounds for for Teofimo, but they were not like rounds where he was putting beating San Lomachenko. You know, he won the rounds because Lomachenko gave him away. It's not because he was just better than him. when Lomachenko picked it up. I think that. The, the punches or the damage that Lomachenko did was a little bit more. It was just less rounds. That's why he lost. But I think in a rematch, I think Lomachenko wins. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I that was the weirdest thing is like, why is, why is he knows he's losing seven or eight rounds and he's still not throwing punches? Like, and then I thought the same thing. I was like, it's not Teofimo like putting a hurt on him. Like he doesn't <laughs> hurt it, it. You know, there was a couple rounds there, maybe one or two that were like, all right, there's a little bit of action involved, but you know, other than that, it wasn't that much, but, yeah, I couldn't agree more, sir. Um, I wanted to ask you to uh, what was I going to ask you? I forgot. It was a specific question. Oh, um, uh, we're good friends with uh, John Molina Jr. He wanted me to tell you hello. Uh, <laughs> he wanted me to say hello. Great, said, great person. You know, I had him in my gym for a couple, a couple of fights, and he's a great character, man. <laughs> he's a good dude. And uh, you know, uh, we lately we went in against him, and but uh, we're still friends. You know, he knows that, and I'm actually I was very happy when I read that he. Uh, that he went up to become a police officer, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, I want to, you know, very few fighters do something like that after their careers. They they think they're going to live off boxing and and they make the wrong choices. They start, uh, the, some some of them are embarrassed to go find a job. You know, I'm glad he, you know, without no, nothing to think about, he went out there, became a, an officer. And, um, you know, I got to respect him for, for making that decision. You know, he's a great person, great character. Yeah, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, if you ever have to get in fight on duty, just let someone else do it. It's going to look like police brutality, man. You're going to be too good. You're going to fuck somebody up. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, sir, I, I know I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know um, you guys are doing like the whole training camp at RGBA right now, which I think is so damn cool that people get to go for a whole month and be there. It's five weeks, right? Great. Five weeks where the guys are already into their, their fourth week. Uh, they got two more weeks and uh, they love it, man. They, they're sparring. You know, I... I I think I was in here Friday, but Mikey sparred all 10 of them. I think Mikey did a one, one round with all of them. So for them, you know, sparring Mikey was a great experience. You know, they, they're happy. They're enjoying it. You know, they, they eat, they sleep, they, you know, they, they, they train with all the, the, the fighters. Uh, and uh, from what they tell me is that they love everything, man. They, they love the, the experience, uh, the food, you know, uh, Chepe's mom is, is great. You know, she, she's, she's awesome. You know, when it comes to cooking and the, the, the kid, most of the kids, when we ask them, what's the, what's the thing that you like the most? The food. That's what they say. The food. <laughs> Instead of sparring with Mikey or, or sparring with Falcao or 
the food. That's that's the first thing that they say, the food. So it, it's it, uh, it's great. And, I, you know, this is our first time doing this. I think I will be doing it more often. Uh, they, they have a great uh, experience. And uh, for the summer, I think I'm going to do one for for teenagers only so kids could get that experience also you know i i am planning on doing something so you know we will get we'll get to announce it a little bit more let people know what our plans are but i think it's a great experience for all those young fighters that that want to live that or might never even be able to live those experiences while i want to give them an opportunity yes sir i love that i think that's phenomenal um well thank you for coming on the show sir i really do appreciate your time um do you have anything like to, for the fans, like your uh, your websites, your gym, uh, your, your sponsorships with Adidas that you can lay on them real quick? You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm thankful to everybody. You know, like you said, Adidas, South Coast Mitsubishi, Snack, who, who's, who's behind us, uh, 100%, MTK, who, you know, uh, has a few of my fighters uh, under under contract. You know, everybody that, that we have around us uh, are, are always great. You know, uh, Adidas has been great to me. They give me all the equipment. My fighters, you know, the gloves that Adidas has are, are great gloves, but you know when you know fighters, the way they are is, oh man, I started wearing Reyes, so I can't leave Reyes, or or I started wearing the uh, the uh, MX uh, Everlast, so I gotta continue. And 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 they're all great gloves too, but uh, but you know little by little, you know Falcao wore wore Adidas and he felt very comfortable. So little by little, the guys started start to notice that the gloves are, are not bad either, you know, but. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful to have the people around me, you know, the sponsorships around me and, and the team that I have, you know, uh, my dad, Chepe, Art, Pita, my son, Payo, who doesn't really work with us. But in this fight, he was there and he helped me in the corner with Falcao and he did a great job, you know, you know, grew up in boxing. So he doesn't he doesn't need to have practice to know what he has to do uh, in the corner. So. You know, I'm, I'm grateful to have uh, the, the family, the, the, the team that I have, and especially the fighters, because there are, there are great, great persons, great people. I love it. Thank you again for coming on the show, sir. And uh, tell your son, Pita, I said, uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, sir. Thank you. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Our interview with the legendary boxing trainer, Robert Garcia. Thank you again, Mr. Garcia, for coming on the show. Uh, it was a blast. I had a great time. And uh, thank you to your son, Pita Garcia, for uh, setting it up. This was, uh, like I said, a huge honor for me. For all of you guys that want to know more about the Garcia camp, they have an Instagram, Garcia Boxing, where you can find out everything about the Robert Garcia Boxing Academy, uh, who their current fighters are, when their next fights are going to be, all their sponsorships involved. So go check that out. And while you're at it, check out our our podcast and our Instagram and check out all of our last episodes, man. We've been you know, we've been doing it, man. It's been fun. And uh, we'll be at, at Alternate Take DR for Instagram. And then uh, we'll be posting updates on our next episodes and, and whatnot. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, I'll see you soon, dude. Peace.